Hello and welcome to the first ever Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. I am your host, Kurt Stubbs. I would like to first thank our friends at Anchor Podcast for giving us the opportunity to host this podcast, which is something I've wanted to do for quite some time. If you want to follow us, join, just download the free Anchor app and search for Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast and you will be able to follow us. Our podcast will also be downloaded to Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. I'll be posting the link to each episode on Twitter, Facebook, and other various social media outlets if you want to enjoy this journey with us. So what can you expect from this podcast? How is it different from anything else? We know your time is valuable, so we want to make this worthwhile for high school basketball fans. Each week, I plan on having a guest to cover each part of the state of Ohio. As of now, we have our weekly guests lined up for Central Ohio, Southwest Ohio, and Northeast Ohio. We are currently in the process of finding a foremost source in Northwest Ohio and a bi-monthly expert from the eastern and southeastern part of the state. This format for the show will be predictable from show to show, which is something I enjoy about the plethora of podcasts that I follow. The show will start out with an introduction of our guest, and then we will go right into it with a week in review, where we will discuss some pertinent games from the prior week. After that, we will discuss the important games for the upcoming week and conclude the show with some hot topics for the week. I have a huge vision for where this podcast can go, and trust me when I tell you this, I'm more than excited and thrilled to get this going. I will constantly be brainstorming how we can make the show better and things we can do to give it a facelift. Though I believe the most important thing is you, the listeners, we want to give you the best product possible so your feedback will always be accepted and taken into consideration. If there's something you want us to talk about, uh, a game you want us to discuss, please interact with us and let us know. So without further ado, let's get this ship sailing. Today we're going to talk on the first ever Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. We're going to talk some Northeast Ohio basketball, which is a huge portion of the state of Ohio. And our first guest needs no introduction, but I will honor our first ever guest with an introduction worthy of his work ethic. Our guest today has done a little bit of everything, but most notably he started NEO Spotlight to cover Northeast Ohio basketball um, like no other. Uh, Now he's branched out a little bit this year, covering hoops all over the state and part of Pennsylvania, but I believe that he would still consider himself a Northeast Ohio guy. He may not know this, know that I know this about him, but I'm pretty sure he went to Maslin Perry High School, on to Notre Dame College, and then ended up finishing at Mount Union. Um, I best knew this guy uh, when I first started him following around Steve Newton from Third Coast Hoops. Uh, always wondering who this guy was that kept showing up at the same gyms that I did. So without further ado, Mr. TJ Petros. Tedro, TJ, how are you doing this afternoon? Not too bad, brother. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man, we're, we're excited to get this rolling. Um, why don't you kind of give us a little bit more like intro into NEO Spotlight and kind of what your vision is for that site and, and what you do? Yeah, so like you mentioned earlier, um, I, I kind of got into this. Um, I, I was just on, on YouTube. Uh, uh, I, I know I know how you feel about YouTube, but uh, when I was in college, 
when I was in college, uh, you know, I, I just came across this guy who was covering all these kids in Northeast Ohio that I kept hearing about. Um, so, well, you know, when I was kind of nearing towards my senior year in Mount Union, uh, I figured, I was like, hey, let me give this guy, uh, you know, just kind of a buzz. Let's see what's going on. Uh, and I actually volunteered to just kind of help him out because I saw he was doing all these uh, awesome, you know, highlight videos. But there were no, like, you know, kind of game recaps, top performers, things like that. Uh, so I figured we could kind of complement each other and, you know, it'd be a good way for me to get my foot in the door. Uh, and, and honestly, things just kind of took off from there. Uh, after a few years of helping out, Steve decided to kind of uh, launch my own brand and my own scouting service with NEO Spotlight. Uh, and that went from, you know, pretty much just covering, you know, all of Akron, Canton, Cleveland, Youngstown, Warren, Lorraine, uh, to like you mentioned earlier, pretty much covering the entire state. Uh, you know, I make a trip to Columbus about once every two weeks. Uh, Cincinnati, I try once a month and Toledo. Haven't made it out to Toledo yet, but that's uh, that's on the agenda for next week. So. Uh, just trying to stay working, just uh, trying to stay busy, keeping up with you guys. And uh, you, you definitely keep me motivated. So it's awesome to be around positive people. Yeah. And that's the big thing about uh, Northeast Ohio. You know, sometimes people just, you know, they have an idea. Okay. Cleveland, uh, maybe Akron, uh, Canton. But you're talking about like Warren. You're talking about Youngstown. Um, you know, even down route seven. I mean, there, there is so much coverage to be done in Northeast Ohio um, that, and you do an outstanding job of it. And it just seems like it's never ending uh, where Northeast Ohio is. Um, and it's such a, I mean, what was it two years ago, Northeast Ohio, I believe, didn't they win all the state championships and uh, was it 2017? Yeah. Yep, uh, one all four. It was uh, Lutheran East in Division Four, uh, Division Three, I believe, was Villa Angeles St. Joe's. Correct. Uh, yes. Yep. And then two was St. V, and then Division One was uh, was Maslin, Maslin Jackson, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I don't know if we could have if we could have took you guys. Um, if you would have done it again last year, I'm not sure that the the egos in Northeast Ohio would have been. <laughs> would have been uh, a little bit too much to handle. Yeah, we have, uh, <laughs> we definitely have enough of those to go around. Uh, there's no, no doubt about that. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this. Um, so last week, uh, and I know this was a little bit over a week ago now, um, we had a pretty big game up at Elyria Catholic for the play-by-play classic. Um, Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's against Lorraine, a game that St. Vincent St. Mary's won 82 to 75, uh, a big game up your way. Uh, for St. V, Chris Painter had 21 points, London McDay 18, and sophomore Seth Wilson for 16. Uh, Lorraine, um, Devon Grant, uh, 34 points and 12 rebounds. TJ, uh, were you at that game? Yeah, I try to make, um, you know, the the Cleveland play-by-play, uh, you know, it's kind of one of my staples, uh, one of the events that I, I actually look forward to the most. Uh, and it always falls around a, a incredibly busy time. You know, you got the CRC in West Virginia. Uh, you know, this always feels like there's multiple events going on, but uh, I always make sure I go out of my way to, you know, to attend the Cleveland play-by-play uh, and support my guy Jeremy Treatment over there. So um, this year, I, I believe, was the first year the event was a two-day event. Um, so I was not there on Saturday, but I did make the trip on Sunday. So I was able to to catch this game. What was your um, 
obviously St. V's fantastic in big games like this. And you know that very well. Um, and I think, um, I guess all the uh, people that throw shade at St. V over the years are, are probably finally happy that they're in division one right now, but I don't know if they're going to be real happy if, uh, uh, they do what we all think they can do, and, and that's get back to Columbus in, in Division One. Uh, what what was your take on this game against Lorraine? Uh, to to me, it was uh, the biggest takeaway was uh, St. V's defense. Um, to me, we had two teams uh, who, for the last four or five years, have been two of the more athletic teams, uh, two of the most well, you know, two of the best well coached teams in the area. You know, physical, you know, tough nose, grinded out. Uh, and this was one of the first times I'd really seen Lorraine struggle in the half court. Uh, and I give a lot of credit uh, to St. V uh, for that. Uh, but we're just usually not accustomed to seeing Lorraine do that. Uh, you know, usually, you know, we get they get a lot of guys, you know, moving without the ball. Uh, it just kind of seemed like St. V kind of flushed them a little bit. And I think some of the free throw woes and, you know, some of the you know missed opportunities at the rim kind of uh, took their toll for Lorraine. Um, but yeah, like you said, Devon Grant was, uh, you know, kind of a, a lone bright spot for them with 34 and 12. Um, and honestly, I, I don't know if there's anybody who, who's individually, uh, playing better in Northeast Ohio right now. I think you can make a case for, um, you know, an Andre Harris out of brush. Uh, but Devon Grant's been absolutely on a tear all year. Uh, you know, not only is he putting up big numbers, but, you know, he's efficiently putting up these numbers and consistently almost regardless of, you know, who the opponent is. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of Lorraine, so you, they take the loss to St. V, but, you know, they bounce, and they're definitely a team that is not done by any means. I mean, this is a team that could easily uh, get back to Columbus where they were at last year, played Cincinnati Moeller, extremely tough, played Moeller as well as anybody in the state of Ohio, really. Um, and then, so last week they bounced back, they beat a, a really good Cleveland Heights team, 75-71, and as you alluded to, Devon Grant bounces right back from 34 and 12 and gets 28 against Cleveland Heights. Um, and Cleveland Heights played really well from all uh, indications in this game. Nigel Martin had 21. Jalen Withers had 19. And I had asked you uh, earlier in the week um, about this Andre Johnson kid, the football kid that Cleveland Heights unleashed. Um, have you heard anything about this game or uh, – were you a little bit surprised that Cleveland Heights played this close to Lorraine? Uh, I, I definitely wasn't, um, you know, surprised that the game was close. Um, it kind of – I've seen uh, Cleveland Heights three times this year, uh, once against uh, Luther Neese – or twice, I should say. Uh, once against Luther Neese and once against Cleveland Central Catholic. Uh, in each of those two games, they, uh, they split. They beat Luther Neese. Uh, they lost the CCC. But in those two games, the one thing that, that kind of caught my eye is they, they get off the slow starts. Uh, they were down uh, double digits to both of those teams at, at some point in the first half. Uh, and, and Lorraine was no different. I think they were down like 16 at one point. Um, but then it's like they just eventually in both of those games, you know, they came back and they beat Luther Nice and then they came back and, and lost at the buzzer to Cleveland Central Catholic. Um Cleveland Heights is a team I think you could argue is uh, probably, uh, you know, in the upper echelon of the, the most athletic teams in our area. Uh, with Nigel Martin is a 6'4 wing who's, who's definitely had some flashes this year uh, in his first year at Cleveland Heights coming over from John Hay. Uh, and Jalen Withers, a kid, you know, had a, had a lot of buzz in the summer when we first started hearing rumors about him making the move up here to uh, from North Carolina. 
Um, and then I, I was completely out of the loop on this. Uh, you know, uh, our, our guy Kyle kind of keeps me, uh, <laughs> Kyle keeps me in line. So I, I get a text from Kyle asking me who Anthony Johnson is from Cleveland Heights. And this was at like, you know, one o'clock, you know, during the day. And I'm like, I, I have no idea. Uh, and they come to find out this is a kid who, uh, I believe transferred from, uh, Jeanette high school in Pennsylvania. Uh, he had, a, I think he had a couple stops before that. So he's been a little bit of a, uh, a high school journeyman, so to speak. But I mean, when you when you look at the kid, I mean, he certainly passes the eye test uh, as an athlete. I don't think you would assume that he's a basketball player. But man, uh, just kind of from the the quick highlights I saw, I mean, he's a big, you know, nimble kid. Uh, it looks like he has some pretty good ball skills for a guy that size. So uh, I think adding him, I, I think it makes Cleveland Heights a, a pretty dangerous team moving forward. Uh, especially in that district, uh, I think that definitely makes them more of a major player now than they already were before uh, in the district that features, uh, you know, Brush and Manor and Willoughby South, who's kind of been sneaking up on people. Um, so I think adding Anthony Johnson makes, uh, you know, that Euclid district probably the best uh, district in Northeast Ohio for Division One. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, segue that into who I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the hottest teams in Northeast Ohio right now, uh, maybe getting it together a little bit, gelling a little bit more. Uh, Lakewood St. Ed's um, takes down uh, arch rival Cleveland St. Ignatius in their hundredth meeting of the Holy War, 87 to 64. Um, Devonte Blanton, 19 points and. um from what I gather, he was a monster on the boards that night. He's a very versatile guy for his size. Um, and is this Lucas Bilek? Uh 24 points for Cleveland St. Ignatius. Um, and the interesting thing I, I was reading uh, about this game, Ignatius uh, was down 40 to 30 with a chance to hit a wide open three at the top of the key to make it 40 to 33. And they missed that. And it looked like the wheels fell off from there. They ended up getting beat by 23. But Coach Brian Becker in the uh, paper had said that this game was a lot closer than the final score indicated, which is one of my all-time favorite quotes from coaches. Um, what are your thoughts on saying – I know you uh, – they uh, played Kennedy Catholic, and we're going to talk about the game, they, the rematch coming up with that. But um, where do you see St. Edwards at this point of the season? Uh, Sanders has had, um, you know, their, their share of uh, ups and downs early on. Uh, I know they uh, had a loss to a, a pretty talented and athletic Lima senior team. Uh, and no shade to what Coach uh, Quincy Simpson's doing over there, but I think it did um, kind of catch a lot of people off guard. Uh, and then they lost a game to Brush that, uh, you know, a lot of us, including me, thought could go either way. Uh, but the, I think the Kennedy Catholic win was huge. Uh, you know, honestly, um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, beating your rival, uh, you know, by double digits is always good. Uh, interesting tidbit from that. Uh, you mentioned it was their 100th meeting. Uh, it's a saying, Ignatius, this is a courtesy of Matt Gould, by the way, at Cleveland.com. Great job. Uh, Does a great job. Awesome job. Uh, Ignatius leads the all-time series 54 to 46, but St. Ed's has won 19 of the last 26 meetings. Um, I, I thought that was awesome. Um, but kind of going back to what you mentioned uh, about Devontae Blanton, I think he's probably been their, their more uh, consistent player of uh, the season. Uh, I think people in the inner circles know, but he's actually uh, the younger brother of Delvon Rowe, 
uh, who graduated from St. Ed's in 2008, went on to play at Michigan State. Uh, I believe he's uh, pursuing an acting career out in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he's a yeah, he's a jack of many trades, that's for sure. Uh, so yeah, I, I think uh, I mean St. Ed's. It seems like they're starting to come to you know come around. Uh, just kind of my takeaways from what I've seen with them. Uh, I watched them against Toledo St. John's. I watched them against Brush, and then I, I watched them against Kennedy Catholic. Um, but one thing I've noticed is this is a, a smaller uh, St. Ed's team than I feel like we're used to seeing. Uh, you know, not many like really brute physical guys or you know bigs that can step out and stretch the floor. Uh, so we get a lot of guys that can take you off the bounce and make some plays. Uh, and I think they're just trying to figure that out with, uh, you know, not a lot of shooting, uh, you know, in their top six to seven guys. Uh, so I feel like the offense isn't quite as fluid as it, as it you know, usually is, uh, you know, early on in the season. Uh, but I think obviously, you know, Coach Larry does, a, you know, as good of a job as anybody in the state of Ohio. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see St. Ed's get together, you know, kind of hit that stride in February and, and you know, make a run down to Columbus. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that. And you know, I was probably a, a little bit higher on Eds than than most people a couple of weeks ago. But um, I, you know, I look for them to get it together. Uh, when you look at it, there's probably nobody they can't beat. Uh, will they beat those teams in March? Um, that remains to be seen. Um, this guy, uh, and I know he he doesn't need any more uh, <laughs> pounding in the chest, but. Um, uh, Babe Kwasniak has done, in my opinion, a, a fantastic job at Cleveland St. Joe's. Um, you know, he had the big three there for a while with Carlton and uh, Brian Parker um, and Derek Pardon, and they won a couple of state championships and lost another with that group. Um, but when you look at this team, um, you know, losing um, – Slipping my mind right now, my man. Uh, uh, Gene Higgins. Yeah, you're losing Gene Higgins, aka uh, the the water bug. Yeah, I mean, what what you know, he is a Babe Kwasniak guy if there ever was one. Uh, you lose him, you lose your senior your senior leader, and you come back. And right now, uh, VASJ is red hot. They beat Cleveland Benedictine in overtime, ninety five eighty three. Jaden Hameen. Jaden Hamid, a kid I really like, 27 points. Grant Koppelman, 18. Latrace, is that Latrace or Latrace Latrace Jackson? Latrace Jackson, 16. Jonah Wagg, 16. And Khalil Mitchum, 9. So great balance for the Vikings. Uh, Andy Barba leads um, Cleveland Benedict team with 27. B.J. Busby, 15. Davin Ziegler, 14. And Rory Kilbane, Kilbane, 9. Very high-scoring game in this one. Uh, Joe's is streaking right now. Yeah, they they, they absolutely are. Um, and, and like you said earlier, you know, with the loss of Gene Higgins, who uh, to me is one of the – I haven't been around quite as long as you or, you know, some other guys, but uh, Gene Higgins might be one of the, the best leaders I think I've ever seen, uh, you know, in, in the high school level uh, in terms of, you know, how he played by example on the floor and just kind of his demeanor and character off the floor. Uh, you know, so lo- losing him is you know, not not only big to your program, but just kind of big to you know the school and, and the culture in general. Um, but I think he, uh, you know, Babe, um, I, I would honestly say, and some, I'm probably going to get some hell for this, uh, but I, I'd say he probably would be uh, you know my pick for you know if I were to give a, a coach of the year in Northeast Ohio. 
Uh, I I believe they're what are they nine and two or nine and two, two. nine yeah, and two, nine yep. two right now. Uh, when I watch when I watched them back in uh, November, I was able to catch a, a three way scrimmage with them, uh, Glen Oak and North Royalton, uh, and just to kind of see how far along they've come from November to now is, is incredible. Uh, the Graham Koppelman kid has been a, a very under the radar kid in Northeast Ohio, six four, uh, stretch four. Uh, really shoots the crap out of the ball. He's been doing that all season long. Uh, Latrace Jackson, I think, I believe he had 24 rebounds to, to go along with those 16 wow. points against Benedictine. So um, they, they're just kind of, like you said, they're, they're streaking right now. They're playing well. Uh, Jaden Hamid, who was battling some uh, some injury early on, uh, had, I, I believe when they went out of town, he was um, selected to the all-tournament team. I, I forget where they were at exactly. Um, but it seems like from then, it seems like he's just kind of caught his, uh, you know, kind of caught that second win. Seems like he's a little bit healthier and he's been putting up some uh, some big numbers. And, and what's been a loaded uh, NCL this year between, uh, you know, Joe's, Benedictine, Archbishop Hoban out of Akron, Cleveland Central Catholic. I mean, that conference is as deep as any in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. And um, just. A note for the listeners out there, Cleveland St. Joe's is one of those teams. <laughs> They've been in every – really have been in every division in Ohio at one point in time. They are in uh, Division Two this year uh, once again, along with Cleveland Benedictine and Cleveland Central Catholic, who both bounced back down from Division One from a year ago. And the next team, the next team I want to mention, I know you are are very high on this team. Um, the Mentor Cardinals, a team that can often be kind of overlooked, um, and they're going and they've done it again. Uh, Coach Coach Krasancic has done it again. They're off to a ten and zero start. Uh, they beat Medina the other night to remain unbeaten at ten and 84 Chad Rogers led the way with twenty six for Mentor. Um, I believe they put four guys in double figures that night. And correct me if I'm wrong, was this a game you were at? Yeah, uh, I, I made the trip up there uh, just because I hadn't seen, uh, you know, Mentor yet this season. I, did, I didn't even get a chance to catch them in the preseason either. Uh, so I felt just kind of like in my duty to go up there uh, and just kind of see, you know, how they were playing. Uh, and the, the takeaway um, from seeing them last year early on in the season and then to seeing them this year, uh, it seems like they just have a level uh, of physicality that they were missing last year. Uh, Chad Rogers is a kid. I believe he missed all of last season. Uh, he had a Tommy John surgery. Uh, he's a Penn State baseball commit. Uh, 6'3", 6'4", kid, really strong built. I mean, he's just kind of a bruiser. Uh, it surprised me with how well he was able to step away uh, and play from the hoop. Uh, Mentor really has five guys on the floor almost at all times that, that can shoot the ball. That's shocking. Uh, so I, so I mean they're 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 fun, <laughs> you know they're they're fun to watch and uh one of my <laughs> this kid's one of my favorite players in the area. His name is Luke Chacon. Uh, I've been watching this kid since he was probably in fifth grade. Uh, I mean he doesn't pass the eye test by any means, but I mean he gets anywhere he wants to on the floor. Really quick and shifty guard makes plays for other people. Can get to the rim and shoot the ball. Uh, I mean he's like the ideal uh you know point guard under Coach K over there at Minner. So. Uh, I, I think if you throw Minner in, you know, in that district that I talked about earlier with Brush and, and Cleveland Heights up at Euclid, uh, I, I think that that's going to be tough and it's going to be fun to honestly watch how that pans out. Yeah, everybody uh, that uh, sees Luke Chacon always tells me that uh, he would be a Stubbs guy. Um, 
I don't know. I haven't had the chance to see them yet. So um, hope I'm getting the ch- hope I get the chance to see Luke this year. Uh, the other game that I wanted to mention, a um, couple other games I wanted to mention, uh, just kind of run through um, Warrensville Heights. Um, Brian Swift doing a good job over there. Seven and three. Um, I believe that is this the second time they've beat Garfield Heights this year? Uh, no, this is only the, the, the first, first time. Yeah, this is the first time they played. Uh, I, I believe Warrensville, um, their losses, uh, I think they lost to East Tech in what was the first game of the year. Um, oh, it's slipping my mind who else they lost to. An East Tech um, team that's still undefeated, correct? Correct. Okay. So Warrensville Heights ends up beating Sonny, the Sonny Johnson, the fighting Sonny Johnson's 86 <laughs> to 71. Uh, Sonny uh, was baffled by Brandon Rush, 33 points. Ramel Arnold, 20. Oman Dobbins, 16. Uh, one thing that I did see that I liked, um, and I know Sonny keeps saying on Twitter that, uh, you know, don't look at the final score right now. His team is getting better, um, and, and he would know his team, um, I'm assuming, better than anybody. Uh, Bryson Waller. Um, had 19 points in this game, which was, which was good to see because Bryson, um, you know, over his career is just very inconsistent. Um, so he had 19, and then the uh, Johnson cousins, Michi Johnson, had 18. Little Sonny with 15, and then uh, Brent Darby had 12. Uh, but I, the one thing takeaway from this game is Warrensville Heights gets a nice win, but Bryson Waller with 19. Um, I know you and I both would like to see a little bit more out of that, more of that out of him. Yeah. When, when you watch Bryson, uh, you know, particularly like if you see the kid, uh, you know, kind of just walk onto the floor. Uh, I, I like to call those guys, uh, you know, first team all airport, uh, you know, so, you know, they step off the plane. I mean, they, you know, Bryson's a kid that, that looks the part. Uh, and, but like you mentioned earlier, he's just always kind of been inconsistent, um, you know, dating back to his, his freshman year at uh, Cleveland Rhodes. Uh, but when Bryson's motor is gone, I mean, he's, you know, he's as athletic as anybody in the state of Ohio, uh, you know, and I think if they can just get him to consistently just, you know, to play hard, to run hard, rebound the ball. I mean, he has a distinct size advantage over 90% of the teams that they'll play in Northeast Ohio. Uh, and I think that Garfield team uh, will go as far as he, uh, you know, he can take them. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, with the backcourt of uh, Michi and Sonny Johnson, uh, I think it's it's safe to say they're getting worn out a little bit. Uh, I think those two are, you know, obviously being just a freshman and sophomore, I think they're getting, uh, you know, the best out of everybody that they play. Uh, so the fact that the light has kind of come on for Bryson, I think is a good sign, uh, like Coach Johnson said. Uh, moving forward so and that's actually a district I know there's two teams in that district that they've lost to with Shaker Heights and Warren Harding uh, but that's a wide open district in my opinion uh, I, I don't think there's a, a clear cut uh, coming out of there and I believe that that's at uh, Solon if I'm not mistaken yeah and I think you would agree too Shaker Heights beat um, Garfield the first time around what was that a 35 point game yeah 34 I believe, 34 like. point game I, I mean Obviously, that was the final score, but we both know that that those two teams are not um, on that night. They were, but they're not a 34 point difference in margin of those two teams. Um, Not to say Shaker wouldn't win if they played again, but uh, like you said, Bryson Waller is the key. Michi and Sonny, 
Um, you know, they're going to get their shots. They're going to, they're going to score 15, 20 points, but um, that hasn't been getting them wins. Uh, Bryson Waller has to, has to come to, to the party. And, and speaking of Shaker Heights, um, we'll skip over this real quick. Shaker Heights knocks off uh, Solon um, last year's state runner up in division one, 95, 91, obviously um, they lost sincere carry from last year, which is a huge loss. Um, but still a really good team. Uh, Dakota Cochran had 27 uh, to lead Shaker Heights in that game. Um, Mike Bakelja, 32, and David Marbury, 22 for Solon. Uh, that was an overtime game. Another game from last week in Northeast Ohio, Akron Bookdel. Uh, not that this score really matters much. Beats Firestone, 85-60. The big thing in that game, freshman Chris Livingston, um, thought to be a, a consensus top 10, top 15, uh, top 20 guy, whoever. I mean, it, it varies from uh, person to person around the country. Uh, Chris Livingston, one of the top freshmen in the country, went for 41 for Bookdale, uh, an improving Bookdale team and a win over Firestone. And finally, uh, another score that caught my eye, Akron Green, sometimes referred to as Uniontown Green, Takes down Maslin Jackson, 58-49. Caleb Martin has 25 to lead. Uh, Green, Garrison Kessler, Kiesler, 13. Will Hyde, 25. And Anthony uh, Mazio, 13 for Jackson. Uh, the one thing about the Federal League this year is uh, there's a lot of parity. And if you can tell me what's going on from night to night in the, in the Federal League, you are more of an expert than I. Yeah, it's uh, I'd say it's probably the the most competitive league uh, in, in the area right now. Uh, just like you mentioned, in terms of the parity, um, and, and I, I'm a kid. I, I'm a Stark County guy through and through. Uh, born and raised here in Canton, Ohio. Uh, so I, I remember taking those trips to go watch the you know the 2005, 2006 Canton McKinley teams and the you know the Brett Wackerly North Canton Hoover led mm-hmm. teams. And I mean, just been some great basketball. Uh, you know, to come out of the federal league. Uh, the, this is probably the one year, though, where I'd say some of the more promising players in the league are, are all younger guys. Uh, I mean, you have some you have some great seniors uh, like Julian Jackson and Maslin Perry, who's quietly having a good year. Uh, Jake Moranville, who's a D2 Nova Southeastern commit at Uniontown Lake. And Caleb Martin, uh, who's one of the better, you know, small college prospects in the area, uh, as well as Anthony Mazio from Maslin Jackson. So, I mean, we do you do have some good seniors in the area. Um, but it's, it's one of those years where the rest of the guys around them are so young. Um, so, you know, any given night, you know, a Jake Moranville or Caleb Martin can have a monster game and kind of keep guys around. Uh, but if those guys that I mentioned, if they, you know, for their you know, prospective teams, if they don't play well, uh, you know, it, it's a chance that, you know, any game in that league can go either way. Um, and I, I don't think I can name a, another league um, in, in the state where, the first place team could play the seventh place team and you're not surprised by the outcome. I, I think that's pretty incredible, uh, you know, to the coaches in the federal league. Uh, and, and lastly, the one thing I just kind of want to say about that is the one thing I've noticed with the fed is every single team you play, it's just a total like different preparation. Uh, it's like every team has their own culture, their own identity, you know, guys have been around for 20, 30 years. Uh, I think it's just unique from any other league in the state of Ohio. 
I would totally agree with that, uh, especially this year. It is like no other. Um, you think you have an idea and then a score pops up on a Tuesday or Friday and you're like, what the, you know, this team won by 20 the other night. Now they're getting beat by 20. Yeah. Uh, it's, so uh, it, it's it, really hard to figure out. It, it really is. Uh, and, and just to kind of put it in perspective, how good the federal league is, or, you know, just kind of how competitive it is. Uh, Glen Oak is a team that I, I believe they have one uh, win in conference, but they're undefeated out of conference. And that that was just kind of one thing that that jumped out to me. I think they have a, a notable win over um, you know Elyria Catholic. Um, so it, it just kind of incredible. It just like you said, you have no idea. Uh, I usually do a, a federal league preview every year. You know, it gets a you know pretty big buzz you know around November. Uh, but I was honestly just so like clueless on you know kind of how to where to rank these teams, and it, it was. And I'm, I'm glad I did it because I would probably look like a fool right now. As I think most people would have uh, prior to the season. All right, so let's uh, let's look at some of these games for the week. Um, I know this is Ky- our guy Kyle. This is his Tuesday night special. Uh, when I asked him where he was going, he told me that he would be at Fairview tonight uh, for nine and two Bay Village, uh, nine and one Fairview. Uh, when you ask Kyle where he's going to be. Um, I am never surprised with what he types back to me uh, because it could be almost anywhere. And he does not discriminate as far as he could be at the last place game in the league or the first place game in the league. So he told me this was the game tonight, Bay Village, Fairview. Um, Some notes on this game, Luke House, um, who is a kid that uh, I have not seen in person, but have seen some film on him. Um, and I don't ever like to judge film unless it's a full game film that I have. Uh, but he is averaging 25.2 points per game for Fairview. Martin Lowry close to 14 and Noah Massaros close to 13. Uh, for Bay Village, Eric Painter, who's a kid that's been around since his freshman year. Um, he's good for 20 points a game. Uh, Painter was a, I believe, a six man on the state tournament Bay Village team that got to Columbus in 2016 and lost to eventual state champion, John Glenn. Um, TJ, does this one have the makings of the possibly the first team to 90 winning this game? Yeah, I think uh, this has a chance to be a, a pretty fun and exciting game. Uh, and one thing I've learned with Kyle, man, if you, if you want to know where Kyle's going, you just follow the offense. <laughs> yeah, he hates, he absolutely hates 45 to 42. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's hilarious. So, I mean, whenever the ball is going in the bucket, I'm sure you can find, uh, you know, Kyle or Worldwide, Fabiano, Dan, Ron, <laughs> you, you know, you see any of those guys. Um, but, yeah, this is a game, um, personally, uh, I, I haven't seen uh, Luke Howes at Fairview either, but he's a kid that's, uh, you know, kind of near the top of my list of guys I need to check out at some point this year. Uh, and they'll be playing uh, out in a, a pretty good Division Two district this year, so hopefully I'll be able to catch him uh, somewhere around the tournament time. Uh, but with, with Bay, I mean, they have a signature style of play. You know, Coach Chester loves to get up and down. Uh, you know, I, I remember uh, something that, you know, really stood out to me that he said, uh, I think it was like in a preseason video with Cleveland.com. Uh, you know, he said he wants to average like, you know, upwards of 110 points a game. Like that's, you know, one of their goals every season. Uh, so, I mean, that just kind of goes to show just, you know, what they're looking to do in terms of playing basketball. Yeah, I uh, 
the first time I've got a viewing of the style of play uh, that they bring to the table, they were playing, like I said, they were playing John Glenn in the uh, semifinals, uh, a team that I was quite fond of and had seen uh, quite a few times throughout the year, o- over the, over the years, uh, that group of kids. And uh, w- with the first, maybe five, seven minutes of the game, the way they were playing, um, I think Bay had maybe taken a, a, a lead early in the game and I was thinking to myself, this is not going to end well for Bay playing like this against John Glenn. There are very few teams that could do what John Glenn did to Bay, uh, but the style of play played right into the hands of John Glenn with the way they passed the ball and, and made threes. And, uh, but it was a highly entertaining game. Um, and, and I thought the, the painter kid who actually you know, is still around played pretty well in that game. Um, so I'm excited to see what the result of this game is um, tonight. Um, I'm sure Kyle will keep me and all of us up to date. Um, this game actually could have changed by the time that I typed this up and sent it to you with the way Spire um, business holds up for Spire. But um, as of right now, unless something has changed, undefeated brush uh, we'll meet undefeated Spire, um, you know, my favorite team, uh, <laughs> in a matchup of unbeatens. Um, so, TJ, you've seen uh, Spire. Uh, you, I believe you've seen – this is a big week for Brush. They've got this game. they got a game Friday with Willoughby South. And then I think Sunday they play uh, Winton Woods at the uh, Flying to the Hoop. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I, I believe it it is on Sunday the twentieth. Yeah, that's correct. It's a monster um, week for for um, for Chet the Jet Mason. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, and I think uh, you know that that Willoughby South game. Uh, I, I would say that you know Brush would be a, a significant favorite heading into that. Uh, but you know, it, it, you never know when you catch these teams off. You know, these highly emotional. Uh, and game of the year, uh, you know, type environments. Uh, so you, you never know. Uh, I think that's a, a dangerous game for them. Uh, and then they play a team on Winton Woods. Uh, you know, they play a team in Winton Woods, uh, you know, that certainly doesn't lack, uh, you know, any athleticism out of Cincinnati. Um, to me, what, what this one ultimately, bro- uh, you know, ultimately boils down to, uh, I'm just curious to see how, you know, how well Brush, uh, you know, can shoot the ball. Uh, I think uh, in order to kind of hang around against that Spire team, which is so long and athletic and physical, uh, I feel like you kind of have to make shots. Uh, and the other thing, I think you have to come out early. Uh, I think you have to do kind of what St. V did, uh, even though they inevitably lost that game. But they came out uh, and they kind of punched him in the mouth a little bit, uh, you know, kind of got out to an early lead. Uh, and I think that's what you have to do. Um, so I think, uh, you know, the gym over at Brush should probably be rocking tonight. Uh, I personally am going to uh, avoid the the Triple B Circus Show tonight, um, <laughs> but it, it's a it's a game that I honestly believe just comes down to you know which Spire team shows up. Uh, I think Spire has them outmatched at literally every position on the floor, uh, and, and that's not really something you can really say quite often uh, about two undefeated teams. Uh, but I think that just says how much you know you know how good Spire is and the talent that they have. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brush hang around if they're making shots. But uh, I think that's a game that could, you know, e- eventually turn into a, a double-digit win for Spire. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for Brush, um, 
they can't take more out of this than it is. Um, it's a good chance to play against some ultra talented guys. Uh, they're big three, Andre Harris, DJ dial and big John uh, down on the low post. Um, I'm, I'm not so much looking at the result. I, I kind of have an idea. I mean, I'll be shocked if the result isn't what I think it will be. Um, but I am, I am kind of interested to see how those big three play in this game. Uh, because, you know, they're up against it tonight, or they really are. Um, and that's most teams that Spire plays, uh, is they're going to be up against it. But um, give Brush kudos for playing the game. Um, and, and if they don't take anything more out of it than what it is, this will be a good game, a good learning experience to kind of see um, some of their deficiencies tonight. Um Moving forward, is this – I believe this game is at the Burger King Classic, which is an Erie PA. Um, Lakewood St. Ed's, a team that we talked about, 9-3, and three, uh, will get Kennedy Catholic again, uh, who they played and defeated at the play-by-play classic. Kennedy Catholic, very good team. Um, and so Ed's and Kennedy Catholic will meet up again. Do you see uh, this game – any different than the first one? Uh, what do you see out of this game? I I, I think um, I, I if I had to if I was a betting man, uh, so if I was Corey Alberton, uh, I would probably be uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> leaning, leaning towards uh, St. Ned's a little bit because I, I just think you know at, at the end of the day, you know, guard play wins out. Uh, I mean, Kennedy Catholic is about as long and athletic as any team. You know, St. Ned's will see all year. Uh, with Macy O. Austin just going to Duquesne, big Oscar Shibwe uh, going to West Virginia. They have like a 6'9 freshman. Uh, I mean, they're just like uh, unbelievably athletic uh, in just the size for a high school team. It, it, it's not – you don't see it very often. Uh, but I just thought, um, you know, St. Ed's guards just outplayed Kennedy Catholic by, uh, by a country mile. Uh, and I and just kind of looking at how those two teams have played. Uh, I've seen Kennedy Catholic, uh, you know, a few times this season as well as St. Ed's. Uh, and I just think that's, a, you know, eventually just going to be the, the difference in the game. Yeah, that'll be um, an inter. Now, Ed's beats Kennedy Catholic. Uh, what is on? Do you know who the other two teams in that are? Oh, I, I know the one team is Erie Cathedral Prep. Uh, and I think that's the host school of the tournament. Um, but it is slipping my mind who the fourth team is. Uh, it's like maybe pl- something Plymouth uh, out of Pennsylvania. I could be totally wrong. Uh, but but I, I do think that fourth team is a, another uh, Pennsylvania team, if I'm not mistaken. Cathedral Prep, is that uh, Will Jeffers' team? Uh, no, Will Jeffers He's goes at, uh, to Erie McDowell. That's right, right. McDowell. Yeah, and Erie Cathedral Prep. Uh, not sure what connection that they have to to Northeast Ohio. I mean, with I mean, I know they're only you know about an hour or so out, but uh, they played at Garfield Heights this season. They've played at Lake Catholic this season, uh, so they've had their their fair share of uh, you know matches against Northeast Ohio teams. Okay, so we referred to um, Cleveland St. Joe's as maybe having. Um, you know, one of the better seasons in Northeast Ohio. Not unexpected, but um, certainly playing at a high level right now. Uh, Joe's comes into their game uh, with Gilmore Academy, like we said, at nine and two. Uh, Joe's has won five straight and nine out of ten. Gilmore Academy 
also kind of streaking as well. They've won six games and nine out of ten as well. Um, how do you see this game playing out uh, between Joe's and uh, Gilmore Academy tonight? Or not, uh, this isn't tonight, this weekend. I think um, my, my gut is kind of leaning towards uh, Villa Angela St. Joe's. Uh, I, I think they're just a, a, a little bit deeper uh, in, in terms of talent. Uh, but that's not taking anything away from Gilmore Academy, who has two really good guards that, that complement each other as well as any two in the area. Uh, with point guard uh, C.J. Charleston, who in the end I, I think might be one of the quicker kids in the entire state and, and was, a, I believe, a finalist for Mr. Football this year. Um, he's been having a, a monster basketball season, kind of carried that momentum over from the gridiron. Um, Connor O'Toole. Uh, you know, who's the the son of legendary coach Sean O'Toole, uh, one of my guys, uh, is a, you know, 6'2", 6'3", junior who just really knows how to play the game and just shoots the crap out of the ball. Um, but eventually I, I do think uh, Joe's just has a little bit more talent, just a little bit more depth, uh, and, and I would have to lean that way. Now, CJ, uh, did he end up uh, committing to Youngstown State for football? Yes. Yeah, he. You are exactly right. I saw him last year at Chaz's event. I believe they played uh, Mentor Lake Catholic. They did. And end to end, I mean, he is unbelievable, and he can get up off the ground quick. Uh, very explosive. I, I, your typical football guy, a high level football guy like that. Very explosive. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. And you're right. I love watching a tool play. Um, he had an older brother last year that was on the team. Uh, but I would agree with you here. Uh, I would say that Joe's – I would be surprised if Joe's doesn't win this game, but um, these are two very good teams. Um, is, I think this is a Saturday night game. Menor 10-0 um, will play at 9-2 and Maslin Jackson. Um, Menor team you recently saw um, playing at Jackson, which is an extremely tough place to play. They get pretty hyped up over there. Uh, Mentor plays O'Leary on Friday before making the trip to Jackson. Um, as you know, TJ, being a, a Stark County guy, Jackson is a, is a very, very tough place to play. Um, obviously, they have good players um, year after year, but throw in the fact that their home court advantage is a real thing. Oh, a absolutely. I, I think it's one of the, the better home court advantages here uh, in Stark County. Uh, and Jackson, you know, they're, they're led by Anthony Mazio, who we talked a, a little bit about earlier. Uh, Will Hyde, who I think just had a, a monster game. Uh, I forget who it was against. He had like a 26-point game. Uh, he's kind of like their inside presence. Uh, and, and Jackson's always known for just having, a, you know, a lights-out shooter. They have a kid named Trent Jones, uh, who's a junior in uh, Ohio State baseball commit. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he, he set the, the school record for the most three-pointers made in a single game. Uh, earlier this year, I think it was at the Jack Reynolds Classic. Uh, so, I mean, it might not be, you know, the, the scholarship talent that we're accustomed to seeing over there, but, I mean, this is a team that can absolutely play with anybody when the, those balls are going in. Yeah, I think that will be a – it has the potential to be a fairly high-scoring game um, with the way those teams can score the basketball, uh, especially with Jackson playing out of conference. Uh, a lot of times when you're playing in conference, teams know you year after year. You're not going to surprise anybody. They prepare a little bit differently. Uh, it's always tougher to play against teams in your conference because you're not going to fool them with anything. 
So that's why you might see Jackson scores maybe a little bit lower uh, against their conference opponents, especially, you know, a Lake or a Uniontown Green uh, teams that are very, very sound, very well coached. Um, And speaking of another federal league team, uh, uh, North Canton Hoover, um, who features one of the better freshmen in the, in the state, sincere Harris, some people think that he arguably could be the best uh, freshman when it's all said and done. Uh, they'll play a team in Copley. Uh, this is an intriguing game to me. Uh, Copley uh, has really emerged over the last four or five years. Um, Hoover, like we were talking about, team, you know, everybody in the Federal League, kind of hard to figure out. Um, how do you see uh, this little crossover game? How do you see this? these two teams matching up uh th- this should this will be um unfortunately uh it won't be as good of a game i don't think uh as it would have been uh sincere harris at the game i was at against uh kent mckinley uh in the second half they were trying to make one final push and i, I believe he came down awkwardly on his foot uh i think he broke um like his fifth uh, metatarsal in this uh you know aka his pinky toe uh, he and I believe that I've heard he's out like two to three weeks. Wow. Yeah. So that's um. I mean, and, and without him, I mean, they, I think they're they're going to really struggle against uh you know Copley's pressure and just their kind of athleticism. Uh, and, and one thing I, I want to say, I, I don't think it gets nearly enough uh you know say at all, uh, is what Coach Dent is doing over at Copley. Uh, this is a guy who is coaching uh the head coach for both the boys and the girls teams at Copley. Uh, which is something I, I don't think I can. <laughs> that's I can that's recall. impressive. Yeah, he's he's doing a heck of a job over there, and you know, regardless of who they lose, uh, I mean, they lost Brian Roberts from last year, who's one of the the leading scorers in school history. Uh, who's having a good uh, freshman season at Allegheny right now. Um, it, it just seems like no matter who they have on the floor, uh, Coach Dent just gets those guys to win. Uh, it's like his system is like a, a plug and play. I mean, it just doesn't matter who's there. I think me, you, and and Chaz could be out there, and he he would find a way to get us, uh, you know, playing hard and moving the ball. So, well, I'm not going to guard anybody. So, <laughs> we're going to give up a lot of points at the other end. I'm past the point of guarding anybody. So, <laughs> yeah, that makes two of us, brother. <laughs> well, TJ, is there any uh, was there anything this past week um, over the course of this last week that kind of caught your eye in Northeast Ohio, or or anything pertinent happening? Uh, up your way right now i i think it was a uh, kind of a, a quiet week after the the play-by-play at Illyria catholic um but i i'm kind of excited uh for the weekend obviously i'll be down in uh in dayton and flying to the hoop i'm sure i'll run into you down there uh but i will be intrigued to you know kind of see how that brush and whether south game goes on friday uh cleveland heights and warrensville heights match up i, I think this is the first time that they've played each other this season uh, we already talked about Gilmore and Villainsville, St. Joe's. Uh, and then for all the local people, uh, you know, if you're in the Stark County, just kind of Northeast Ohio area in general, uh, there's not a bad event uh, going on over at North Canton Hoover for the Mercy Medical Classic. Uh, so if you don't feel like making that, that trek in the snow, I believe that's on Saturday and Sunday. It wouldn't be a bad event to go to if you're in the area. Yeah, that's good information right there. Um, if you can if you can get down to Dayton, by all means, um, that'll be worth your while. But if you're looking to kind of stay in the area, that event at North Kent and Hoover also uh, a good option. TJ, this is a, 
uh, part of the podcast uh, that I'll ask people each time they're on here. Is there anybody right now, maybe one, two, three uh, at most teams that you think are kind of flying under the radar in Northeast Ohio, people that aren't, you know, getting much pub right now that you think could make some noise at some point? I, I, I'm, I, it's crazy. I'm going to say this, even though, you know, all the praises that we gave them earlier, but I, I really like this mentor group, uh, especially after watching them. I, I I think, uh, you know, all the talk right now is about Brush, who's also undefeated and, you know, deservingly so. Uh, but if those two teams match up in that district, I think that's a game that could honestly go either way. Uh, and I think Menor would be a, a serious player to, you know, make it out of Cleveland State. Uh, I don't think that's getting talked about enough right now. I'd say Menor, we talked about Bill Angel St. Joe's. Uh, Archbishop Hoban is a team that, that is playing really well right now. I believe they only have two losses, uh, and they've had some pretty big wins. Um, so it, it's that that NCL league uh, has been uh, kind of like a monster, and I think that just goes to tell you how good of a job Coach Kwasniak is doing at Joe's to you know kind of come out of that gauntlet so far with only two losses. Uh, it's pretty impressive. All right, the last thing I want to do here before we close up shop for the day, and you don't know about this yet, we're gonna play a little game called too high, too low, or just right uh, for teams in your area with our favorite thing, the Ohio AP poll. So we always know how accurate this thing can be, especially oh, when, especially the first couple of weeks until they kind of iron the kinks out a little bit. Can we uh, just uh, really quick before we get into that, <laughs> can we just talk about, uh, you know, kind of how the, the whole process of the, the AP poll uh, is done? Uh, so this is kind of what I was under the impression of. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the state kind of emails every major, uh, you know, newspaper outlet uh, across the state of Ohio and asks them for nominations. And I believe they kind of collect those nominations and pretty much just give you like the the mean, median, and mode. And it turns out to be the AP poll. Uh, right. The one thing that, that just kind of always blew my mind about that is newspapers have a coverage area. Yes, you know, correct. As great, as great of a job as Matt Gould does, one of the hardest working guys I think I've ever seen. Matt has, uh, you know, a s- certain counties that he covers. So to to make Matt or anybody else for that matter vote on who the best teams are in the entire state uh, is, is something that just never really uh, made a lot of sense to me. And I think that's why, it, you know, it gets so much flack. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct on that because it's not like a uh, college basketball poll where um, you see every team on TV um, all the time. Uh, if, like you said, these newspaper guys, um, they're only seeing guys in their coverage area, which is no fault of their own. That's what they get paid to do. Correct. So you're basically asking them to throw, you know, darts blindfolded here on teams that a lot of times you're getting ranked because, oh, in the past, those teams have been good. So, you know, if they're 12 and 0 right now, they must be really good. Uh, And if you haven't seen these teams or if you're not kind of in the know with this stuff, you're just really guessing. Um, And I think it, I think it boils down to two R's uh, and you kind of hinted at it a little bit, but I think it boils down to record and reputation. Absolutely. And I think that's just kind of guys, you know, when, when you don't know, you can only go off of what you do know. Um, you, so I think you hit the nail on the head. 
So in your area in Division One in Northeast Ohio, there's two teams ranked. They uh, obviously do the top ten, and then they have um, they have three teams here in the others list. The two teams uh, from your area in Division One, uh, ten and two. Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's at number five. And then you have Lorraine uh, at 10 and one at number nine, the teams ahead of Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's right now, Moeller at number one. I don't think anybody will argue that uh, pick central at number two, Toledo Whitmer at three, Hilliard Bradley at four, and then St. V at five. Uh, then you have Kaufman at six, Sylvania Northview at seven, Mason at eight, Lorraine at nine and Sydney at 10 um, about right for St. V. Yeah, I would. Um, I don't know. I think you could, you can make a case uh, that they could be anywhere between that three and five range. Uh, I would agree. I, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, making the trip out next Tuesday. So a week from today, I'm going to head out and uh, I believe uh, Toledo Whitmer plays uh, a Finley team that has a pretty good uh, sophomore right now. So I'm just, you know, kind of excited to see Whitmer. And, you know, I think I believe they're still undefeated. Um, so I'm going to make my first trip out to Northwest Ohio. But uh, personally, uh, it, it's tough for me to to, to see St. V at five, uh, knowing, you know, kind of who they've played against this year. Uh, nobody in the state of Ohio would, would beat Moeller if a game was played tomorrow. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to count that against them. Um and I, I think uh, it's it, it's crazy to me that a Lorraine team uh, who played Menor closer than – or that played um, Moeller closer than anybody in the entire state last season. Uh, and one thing no one mentions is Lorraine didn't lose a single kid from that team. No, you're right. Liter- literally not one person who was on that bench is graduated. Uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, that, that, that loss to St. V is getting blown a little bit out of proportion. Uh, so I, I would go out on a limb and say that they are far, far too low uh, at number nine. I think you can make a, a top five argument for them as well. Yeah, I, I would say that St. V, I mean, just – and who knows how it will play out. But St. V and Lorraine, to me, um, could both have a case uh, for top five teams in the state without a doubt. Um, Division two – uh, you've got uh, Cleveland St. Joe uh, at number six. The team's above them right now. Number one, Cincinnati Taft, who is undefeated. Uh, number two, Trotwood with one loss to Wayne in overtime. Columbus South at three, undefeated. Cincinnati Wyoming coming off a state football championship is undefeated at number four. Uh, Dayton CJ at number five at 10-1. and one. Their only loss was to Bishop Hartley in the Tuscarawas County uh, Holiday Classic there that TCC puts on. And then the teams below Joe's at seven, Wauseon, I think they probably are being ranked more on what they have done the last two years. Uh, Hamilton Baden at eight, Thornville Sheridan at nine, and Cincinnati Aiken at ten. You have uh, Poland Seminary and uh, in the others list, uh, what do you think about Joe's at six? I I think um, you know I, I think that's, that sounds about right. Um, as far as the teams who who are ranked above them, uh, the only team that I did not see uh, in those in that five uh, was Cincinnati Wyoming. Uh, but I, I watched uh, Dayton, CJ, Taft, South, 
Uh, so I had a chance to, to kind of see all those guys at least once uh, this year. Uh, I, I would definitely say um, I, I would feel comfortable putting Villanza St. Joe's above Dayton CJ right now, uh, just, just based off what I watched down at the TCC Holiday Classic. Um, but other than that, I don't have, uh, you know, two. I, I would say that's pretty spot on. Yeah, team um, Poland Seminary obviously has a, a lot of guys back from last year. Uh, maybe doesn't play um, quite the schedule that Joe's does. Um, a team that quite frequently uh, ran into Akron St. V in the tournament in the past, which has been well documented. Uh, but you have them in the others list. In Division Three, um, nothing really from the immediate Cleveland area. You got Levittsburg Labray. Uh, at nine and one, and they are currently ranked 10. Um, to be honest with you, I have not heard much about LeBray this year. Uh, the teams ranked above them. I would, I have no qualms with any of the nine teams, Archbold, Wheelersburg, Harvest Prep, Anna, Genoa area, Brookville, um, maybe a little high on Brookville. Sugar Creek, Garraway at seven, maybe a little high for them. Ottawa, Glandorf at eight. Cincinnati, Deer Park at nine, probably a little bit low. Um, but I don't believe that LeBray uh, should be ahead of any of those teams. What say you? Oh, that, that's, uh, that's tough for me to, to say. I, I believe I watched LeBray uh, over the summer. Uh, I mean, and mind you, they not to sit, you know, take anything away, but um, to I, I didn't walk away thinking that was a, a top, a top 10. ten Division three team in, in the state. Um, I, I think Luther East is a team uh, who who can make some noise, especially when uh, sophomore forward Jalen Billingsley comes back here. I think next week he'll be eligible to play. Uh, he was a transfer from uh, Western Reserve Academy in Hudson, uh, and probably one of the the better sophomores in the state. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, kind of what they do in terms of their rotation in their lineup when he comes back. Uh, it'll it'll probably be hard for Luther Nice to really crack that top ten when you're playing when you play Lorraine twice and Cleveland Heights twice and Warrensville twice and you know they they have a lot of match. I think they play Spire at the end of this month. Uh, so in terms of like their record, I think it's going to be tough for them to uh, you know to kind of make any jump. Uh, and Warrensville is a team, I, I think, as well, that's kind of hanging out in, in the shadows that can make a run late. I'm going to throw this on the table right now. There is no way that Lutheran East and Warrensville Heights are not top 10 Division three. I mean, throw the record out the window. Um, they are two of the 10 best teams in the state in Division three. Uh, whether- I would agree wholeheartedly. Whether they'll be ranked, um, that's a moot point. Um, we're just strictly talking, are they one of the ten best? And both of those teams are. Uh, in Division Four, um, a team that uh, is missing that, uh, that I know you probably uh, saw as well, um, Richmond Heights. Um, I'm a, I was a little surprised that they uh, were not in even the others list. Yeah, the, that's uh, definitely surprising to me. I think Richmond Heights probably has, uh, you know, the best chance to come out of that, that Canton Regional. Uh, a team who's not really uh, Northeast Ohio, but I, I bet Zach Clear just throws them in there with us, uh, would be uh, a Colonel Crawford, uh, a team that I had a chance to see last year. 
uh, down at the, the Steve Smith Classic at Worcester College. Uh, and their team just, you know, big physical guys uh, led by a pretty good guard. Uh, I think his name's like Connor uh, McCreary. Uh, I was going to stop you right there. I was, I'm, I'm on the same page with you with Colonel Crawford. Um, I did find out something this week. I was doing a little bit of research. Connor McCreary is actually at Upper Sandusky now. Oh, wow. Because uh, I saw that Upper Sandusky uh, beat uh, Colonel Crawford earlier in the year by a point. And uh, when I was looking at that, it said uh, Connor McCreary for Upper Sandusky. And I thought maybe <laughs> that there was a, you know, a, they just had it backwards. But then I looked at the team picture and I was like, there's the redhead right there in the front yep. row. Um, wow, yeah, so, that's uh, yeah, a little shocking. Yeah, I had no idea that he had made the move. Uh, I, that, I definitely think that changes uh, things a lot out there, and I, I think that pretty much opens the door for for a team like Richmond Heights. And Richmond Heights is, uh, if you don't know, they're coached by Quentin Rogers, who uh, was actually the coach for Jared Solinger, um, Aaron Kraft, Jordan Seibert and those guys uh, with all Ohio red when they were winning their national championships on the travel circuit um, with the Nike team here in Ohio. So he is now the head coach at Richmond Heights. Um, And I was a little surprised, like I said, that they weren't in the top 10 Uh, teams that uh, Berlin Highland is a East district team, but they're more uh, Northeast Ohio. They're number tied for, Number one, I think that is uh, quite a bit high for them, and I think even their coach, Mark Slayball, would probably agree. Uh, Bristolville, Bristol at number eight, Northeast Ohio team at eight and two. Uh, then you got Kinsman Badger and New Middletown Springfield in the others list. Um, but outside of that, those are your Northeast Ohio teams in Division Four. TJ, um, I will be seeing you, God willing, this weekend in <laughs> Dayton, probably uh, in the smoothie line. I Absolutely. Know you, I know you have some money set set aside, you and uh, Mr. Morrow uh, and Mr. Wolf, for that. Um, so I just want to take this moment here. I want to thank you. You're the first ever guest on the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. TJ, uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you this weekend. Awesome. Sounds good.